Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by senior from the Dartmouth women's hockey team, C.C. Bowlby. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, C.C., and how's everything going? Good, good. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to answer all of your questions. Well, I'm excited to have you on on this gloomy day here in New England. Um, obviously, your team just started the second half of the season at the time of this recording. You guys got a win against Stonehill. Um, so I'm curious, how would you evaluate your season as of now? And do you think that win against Stonehill is a good um, start for the second half of the season to get things off on the right note? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's really nice to get a win um, coming back from break um, just because we haven't really had um, the first half of the season we wanted. Um, obviously, we're not winning games. Um, as many games as we'd like, obviously. Um, but I think I'm really excited for the second half because I think a lot of teams are going to underestimate us um, just because of our record. But I do think um, it's interesting because most of the games we haven't won, um, we were in the game, if not winning, for most of it. So I think it'll be interesting um, to see like how teams like consider us in the second half. Um, and I think it will be interesting to see um, how we do. Yeah, and obviously in the ECAC this year, it's such a deep conference and a lot of parity. Like, I was looking at potential tournament scenarios, and based on some of the automatic bids, there's going to be, like, two or three teams that are really good in the ECAC this year that won't make the tournament just because it's just the, the way it works. I'm curious what it's been like to play in the ECAC this year and just how the conference has gotten better since your freshman year because it seems like so many talented players um, are in the conference this season, and it just continues to get better as the regular season progressed uh, since I started watching it a couple of years ago. Yeah, no, it's really interesting because, like, growing up playing hockey, kind of the only, like, good conference really was, like, the WCHA. So it's really exciting just, like, for women's hockey in general to, like, have another really good um, division. And it's the biggest division as well, so it's really hard um, just in comp- uh, competition-wise. But, yeah, it's really interesting um, – to see, like, the depth that we have, and especially, like, we're in the bottom of the ECAC, but, like, you win one game and you get three points, and so it kind of is going to be really interesting to see, like, how teams perform, because if we win two games, we're, like, in the middle of the ECAC, so I think it'll be really interesting um, how the second half goes, and just in general, like, playing teams, like, the depth that each team has on their team is really, really, really hard to play against, so, like, you have to really, like, be in the game for, like, all 60 minutes, and you can't take any, like, time off just in if you want to be successful. So it's really hard, but also really fun to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, I was just doing research on this. It's apparently the ECAC is changing its playoff format this season. I'm curious how that's going to look. Is it more single elimination style versus series, or is it what's the change going to be like as a player? Like, what was your thoughts on all that? Well, I've actually never been in the playoffs, um, so if we do make it, I think more just, like, it will be such a, like, a fun and surreal moment just because, like, I came into this program um, wanting to build it to be a winning team, um, and we've had a lot of change in the program in general, but I think we're going in the right direction, and I'm really excited. So if we were to make it to playoffs, I think it would just be, like, a really good stepping zone for us as a program, and just, like, in general, I think it would be really cool. Um so in terms of that, I think it would just be like a surreal moment for our team in general. And I think it would be really good for us. And I think it would be really interesting to see how we would do in playoffs if we got there. 
And obviously for yourself individually, you're a senior this year. Um, what is it like being one of the older players on the team, and what type of leadership have you tried to bring to the team? Are you more of a vocal leader or lead-by-example type of player? Yeah, no, I think um, our team in general, since COVID did for Ivy Leagues, we, we didn't have a season at all. So kind of the seniors on our team are like the really the core group of girls that have been through a lot. Like we've had three coaches now. We went through COVID. We've had like a lot of obstacles to overcome. So I think our team, like our seniors and even juniors are really important just in like lead by example and like being like really good role models for like the younger girls, especially like in an Ivy League school, like outside of like the rink. I think it's also really important. So I'm definitely, I would say a lead by example type person. Like I really love playing hockey and I feel like my skills are pretty, I'm pretty confident with my skills on the ice. So I think that puts me pretty far. Like people really like to ask me questions and like, I love talking about hockey. So I think that's really something I like, like enjoy doing. Um, So, and then obviously I think like as a core group of seniors, I think we all like want to bring this program to like leave this program better than we like came into it. And I think we've done like that already. So I'm really excited and happy about that. Um, But yeah. And obviously individually you've improved a lot since uh, your freshman year, both offensively point wise, but then defensively as well. I really like your defensive game. So talk about what you think the biggest improvement you've made to your game has been since your freshman year and how do you go about doing that during the off season? Yeah, no. So I'm playing center this year. Um, I haven't really played since, I guess, high school. So it's definitely more of a defensive position than playing wing. Um, so that's definitely something I've been like working on a lot this year. Um, just like being in the defensive zone, but also like I try to like not have to worry about the defensive zone. So I'm trying to get the puck out faster, like see the ice faster and not really like have to be in the D zone more than like 10, 15 seconds, which I think I've been trying to do a good job of this year. Um, so that's definitely something I've improved on this year. And then just in general, like center things, like face-offs, like I work on face-offs with my centers after practice every day, which is, we do a little competition, which is always fun. Um, and then obviously I'm kind of a smaller player. So definitely being smaller, I think being quick in the corners is definitely something I've been working on as well. So like my speed and quickness is something I've always tried to like, um, work on um, and improve on. So just like the little things. Yeah, that's a huge adjustment, though, going from wing to center, because center is the only position, I think, like when you're a wing, you're more, you have to be more offensively minded. When when you're a defender, you have to be a little more defensively minded. But when you're center, you have to sort of be both offensively and defensively minded. So I'm curious how you switch your mindset from being offensively minded more often than, than trying to balance the two, I guess, because that's something that I think centers when you talk to some of them, you really don't appreciate that aspect of their game is how you have to sort of balance the both mindsets that you have. Because I feel like sometimes you have to be a little more aggressive. Sometimes you have to a little, be a little more conservative. And it's sort of like depending on the, how the game goes is how you sort of have to play it out. Yeah, no, it's definitely hard for me, especially because I'm a very offensive-minded um, forward. So it's definitely something like I've made an adjustment. Um, but I think it's more – I think I still think very offensively in the D zone, just like to get it out faster or like um, to try to move it up, get it out of the zone. Um, definitely. But I think something I've worked on more is like the fundamentals in the D zone. Like we play a pretty like strict D zone. So I've been definitely like honed in on that and like focused during practice to make sure I'm like getting that down and like going a bit 
going over video in the locker room with the coaches is definitely something that was really important to me, especially in the beginning of the year. Um, but yeah, I think like as being a center now, I think it's, we've had the same four centers all year and I think we've kind of like to work together to like improve each other and like hold each other accountable, which I really like. Did you knew you were going to be a center uh, heading into this year? Is that something that sort of just happened as the season progressed? Um, yeah, no, so I didn't. I've always like kind of mentioned it to the coaches like last year. Um, but being a younger player, like they, it's usually like a bigger role to fill. So I definitely mentioned at the beginning of the year and they were, they were all in for it. So it was definitely something I wanted to do. Um, but it happened in the early season and it was a big adjustment, but it was something I was really excited to do. So. How do you work on those face-off drills? Because I feel like you, obviously I don't want to give away your strategy, so I won't ask you how that works, but like, what's like, I guess your mindset heading into face-offs and how do you think you've improved on that? I think is it just sort of like just practicing on it until you get it right? Or is it like any strategy you have to learn in order to be better at face-off draws? Um, it was for me, I usually like didn't really think anything of it when I would go into face-offs, but our coach, he kind of gives us a lot of tips like based off on, based off the refs. They're like, there's a difference between ECAC refs and like new refs and hockey East refs, refs. So it's definitely something to play with. Um, but definitely like each of our centers do, does face offs differently. So adapting to like what the center does because you can have the way you do a face off, but if the center starts knowing what you're doing, then they'll change how they do it. So it's kind of like really important to be able to adapt during a game. And then knowing, like, what each of their centers do. So, like, when we're during a game, like, I'll go up to my center and be like, oh, the girl with the yellow skates, she likes to do this or something like that. Just to, like, kind of so we know what each of their centers do so it's easier to win face-offs. Um, but it's kind of crazy. Our Like, our last, I think, three or four games, we've had over 60%, like, face-off wins. So I think that's also really cool. I'd love to know the difference between an ECAC ref versus a NUHA ref on how they drop pucks. Can you explain that? Yeah, it's actually interesting. So ECAC refs, being a short person, ECAC refs drop it, like, way higher. So I have to lift up my head more than the NUHA refs in the Stonehill game, actually, where they were way, like, get way down lower and they drop it so it's easier for me to see the puck. And then kind of just based off of, like, how tall a ref is, their stance at the face-off and things like that. Do you know what the who the refs are going to be heading into a game? And I'm curious if you, like, watch video on, like, the players and stuff like that. Like, is it something like – is it, like, a lost strategy heading into the game, or is it sort of like you make those in-game adjustments as the game progresses? Um, it's usually in-game adjustments, um, especially, like, I guess going into the second half, since we're going to be starting to play teams a second time, I think it will be more of, like, oh, like, we know a little more about them. But, yeah, it's definitely an, an in-game adjustment because – um, even for me, like I adjust during a game, so it's definitely something you have to like pay attention to, and depending like what faceoff circle you're at too, as well, is like a big um, thing that plays into that as well. Now, one question I do want to ask about your team is: you guys have been much better on the road than at home. I'm curious, how do you improve your home record, and what's the strategy heading into road games? Like, why do you think you've been more successful on the road versus at home? Because I found that really interesting as well as all your wins this year has come have come on the road. Yeah, no, it is really interesting because we do have a very, very big fan base, like, here in Hanover. It's awesome. Like, our, like, the amount of, like, youth hockey players that are supporting us here is, like, crazy. And, yeah, it's tough that we haven't gotten them a win yet. But we're really excited for the second half just in general. Um, We have, like, we had a lot of our home games at the beginning of the year, like, our ECAC opponents. So I think that was hard just, like, 
going into the year, like as an Ivy League, you start later than if you're not. So that also plays into that, too. So I think we've developed a lot as a team and um, now. So I think it's going to be really interesting for our, our home games. Um, but also just away games, I think being away and like kind of the only thing you're focusing on is hockey and you're kind of like in that mindset. I think it's really like helpful and easy to be like ready for the game. And sometimes for home games, you could be distracted with like school and such like that. So um, definitely just being on the road, you're kind of just like hockey, hockey, hockey. So it's easy to focus and like get into those games. Absolutely. And I'm curious, what's your favorite road rank to play in? in your career so far? Mm. Um, so I guess just like, because I like older school ranks, I really like the Harvard rank. Um, and then like newer ranks, I really, really like Quinnipiac's rank. Um, so yeah, my cousin actually plays there. So it's pretty, it'll be pretty cool to see her this coming weekend. Cause we play them. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's a cool rank. Uh, I think they hosted a Frozen Four a few years back, and I hope they get the chance to do that again because it, it, I I like the aesthetics. I've never been there before, but it just looks cool to watch. Yeah, they also have like nice like away locker rooms. Some teams like they're like even our like away locker room isn't necessarily like the nicest thing to stay in. So it's nice that they have like brand new locker rooms. What's your least favorite visiting locker room? Like who has the worst? Ooh, <laughs> I don't know. Um. I, I don't think Merrimack seemed that good. That seems like an older rank. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of depends on like how new or old the rank is, just depending on like where they have their locker rooms. And obviously you get to play in a really cool rank. I like um, the rank in Dartmouth. It's obviously very green, um, but talk about what it's like playing in that barn because it's sort of a good mixture of old school and new, new school. Yeah, I love our rank. Um, our rank guys, like squad, also keeps our rank like our ice is always perfect. They're doing such a great job keeping it clean and nice for us. Um, yeah, it's, I love our rink. It's very old school. I think it used to be like a hangar for airplanes or something like that, which I find really cool. Um, but it also, yeah, is new. I kind of like the old school, like, um, Jumbotron. It's like, doesn't, it's just like kind of a scoreboard, which I find is interesting. Some people don't like it, but I do. Um, and then, yeah, just in general, I think it's a pretty cool rink. It's big. Um, the men's team, like, fills it up, and it's really cool when that happens. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's I, your media team does a good job of, like, broadcasting it well because there's some schools that, like, you don't really get to see how cool the rink is when you watch it through a screen, but Dartmouth does a good job with that. So that's why I really like it as, as a lot, even though I've never been there before. Yeah, no, they're – Sadly, I'm a senior, so I won't be here, but they're doing some renovations this spring and summer, so I think it'll be even cooler um, for the coming seasons, so that'll be good. That's awesome. Well, I can't wait to see those or see them on the screen uh, next season, but I want to transition now and talk about the beginning of your hockey career and kind of work all the way up to where you are today with Dartmouth. So uh, just doing some research about yourself, it says that you're from Adina, Minnesota, uh, so talk about growing up there and how did you start playing hockey? Yeah, no. So I, I love Edina. Um, I have so many great relationships with like all my hockey teammates and friends from Edina. Um, I started playing hockey, like started skating, I guess, when I was like around two years old. I mean, my dad played, my, all my siblings played. Um, so it was kind of like a college or, um, a family hockey thing. So like everyone in our family would play. So I kind of started playing then. Um, I, started playing girls hockey um in U12s for Edina. Um 
I played choice league for a little bit with the boys, um, which I always thought was fun. But yeah, I started playing in U12s and all the way up to high school, obviously. Um, I got to play with both of my sisters, which is really cool. I don't think a lot of people get to do that. I also got to win two state tournaments with, or three, I guess, but one with each of my sisters, which was also really cool. So I think I had a great, like, hockey um, school in town. So that was really nice. And then coming to Hanover, obviously, it transitions and translates very similar to Edina. Like, the town loves hockey. Everyone is, like, very supportive. There's youth hockey girls that, like, like look up to you and idolize you. And it's really cool to, like, be a part of something like that just because, like, women's hockey is growing so much. And, like, when I was younger, there was only a few girls to look up to. And now there's, like, so many. And it's, like, a really cool thing. The green jerseys as well. I didn't know which one was high school and which one was college. Uh, just looking at photos of yourself playing. Yeah, I love green. Um, I love the Dartmouth green. I think I like it a little more than Edina just because it's a little darker. Um, but yeah, I it does seem I like green the best. Who was your favorite player growing up? Was it a women's player on the national team or was it someone in the NHL? Uh, it was actually someone in the NHL. Um, Pavel Dasuk. He um, was my favorite player growing up. I loved how cool he was I I was would stick handle in my garage all the time because I always wanted to be him I wanted to play in the NHL I was going to be the first girl it was was always one of my dreams um but yeah I loved watching him my mom my family number is 13 too so I found that pretty interesting too um but I always thought he was really cool and skilled his stick skills were or still I guess he's still playing are unreal so yeah I was gonna ask you is that why you wear the number 13 because of him um, so it's funny. It's a family number. Um, everyone calls it unlucky, but for our family, we call it lucky. So we kind of just all started wearing it. Um, and I still do. That's awesome. And I feel like you're underestimating how good your, your family is at hockey because you say you grew up in a hockey family and that's just putting it mildly. Your older sister played with Wisconsin. Your older brother played at Harvard and your little sister, Lucy, also had a very good career. Um, with Adina in high school. So talk about what it was like growing up in a hockey family. And do you have any funny stories uh, with your siblings growing up just playing? Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome to be able to have that. I had an older brother to look up for too, but not only that, I had an older sister. Like Grace is pretty much the reason why I'm still playing hockey. She was a great role model um, and she was unreal at hockey. Um, my brother's still playing actually. He's playing for the Charlotte Checkers, which was also really cool. He, he had a, he's had a hard, like, career like he's worked so hard to be where he is and I find that so cool as well like just to look up to someone who didn't really get a lot of recognition until his like later days because he's worked so hard um but yeah our family's very competitive so we've always like we have a bunch of funny stories just in general of going to hockey in the mornings or playing like pond and it turns into something way too competitive and our parents have to stop us um but yeah it's it's something that a lot of people don't get but like just having like three people around you just constantly like having you work hard and wanting to be better every day um, is really a, a big thing, especially um, when those days you don't want to you don't want to do anything. Your sister's there to make you feel bad if you don't go play hockey with her or something like that. So it's it's nice. And even in Minnesota, like in the winters, it's always nice to get to play pond and all those little things. So. And for yourself, being the middle child, is it a weird dynamic having an older sister to look up to, but then having a younger sister to sort of teach? Yeah, no, it was. Um, 
when I played with my older sister, um, like in high school, we won the first state championship ever for United Girls Hockey, which was something crazy. But playing with her was it's such a, like a surreal thing. Like she is such a good hockey player. I mean, I guess she's not playing anymore, but she was such a good hockey player and she loved it so much. And she was a great leader for like our team and me especially. Um, and then like translating that into getting to play with my younger sister is definitely hard. Um, it's hard to be a role model. Um, I would say like you definitely have to develop and like being a younger role model is also hard just because you're kind of immature when you're young. So it's definitely like something that pushes you to like mature faster and be like that person for your younger sister. Um, so, but I think I had a great high school career and it was awesome to get to play with them, those two girls. Is it weird now having your sister not play anymore? Like, what do you guys talk about now since she's not playing anymore? And how's she doing now? I haven't. It's weird not seeing her with Wisconsin. Yeah, no, she's doing great. Um, she's just working a job. She loves it. Um, but yeah, I, I always talk to her just about like little things too. She's she's very like educated in hockey. Um, she's helping out with like, a youth team um in Minnesota um as well. So she's kind of still staying in it a little bit. Um, but I think it's like I try. Lucy, my younger sister, also doesn't play. So it's kind of just me and the girls in the family. Um, but I still talk to her about it all the time. She watches my games. She loves it. Um, she's going to come out here for my senior weekend. So she's still – I think she's a little um, sad for her, but I think she had a great career, and I don't think she regrets anything that happened. So At least your older brother plays, so at least you're not the only one in the family that's yeah. not playing hockey. Now – Obviously, doing research on yourself, it said that before college, you played at your high school with Edina. I'm curious, talk about your experience there and what's, like, the best memory you have from your high school hockey days. Yeah, um, Edina was really cool um, to play for. Um, we were, like, we'd always been a good team, but we never we never had a state championship, which is, like, the ultimate goal you have in high school. Um, in, in Minnesota, like, it's crazy, like, now being out east and talking to all the girls on my team and how they grew up playing hockey, it's so different. And they're like, you played for your high school? Like, that's so weird. But, yeah, I got to play for my high school, um, and then I got to win three state championships, which was something I never thought I would do, which is really cool. Um, I played with great players, obviously. Some Like, every year we'd have a couple D1 commits. They still do um, as well. So it's it's just a really cool program. Um Obviously not a lot of Minnesota teams like Edina, um, which is funny. Um, but yeah, we, it, it was all just really cool. I think my favorite moment probably, I guess it would be all three, but just winning all three of those state championships and being in the XL Energy Center and like being on TV, like it's just such a thing that like so many people don't get to like experience and like then like just like being in the tournament, getting all your names like, announced, being videoed, like being getting to stay in the locker rooms there are so cool. So it's definitely something like you can't you can't like describe really and like you have to like be a part of it. But I'm really glad I was, um, for sure. Yeah, I find that super cool about Minnesota because I'm from the East Coast as well. And it's basically nearly impossible to play for your public high school and make it to the division one level. You usually have to go out to a prep school or a junior team. So I, I'm curious, like that, that, that's such a cool atmosphere to be a part of. So talk about what it's like being in the Minnesota high school hockey scene. And 
obviously being removed from it now, does it give you more appreciation of it? Talking to some of the other teammates that aren't from Minnesota, just how different it is, because I feel like it's hard to understand, like you said, if you're not into it. And it's something that I'm still trying to learn today as well. Like, why is it so big? Um, high school hockey is so big in Minnesota. Yeah, no, um, it, it's crazy. And the amount it's grown to now, like the team, like there used to only be a couple of good teams and it'd be like the same team winning every year. And now like it's very spread out. Like I think even Edina is like pretty, like not like the best team. So I think it's really cool to see like all these other teams um, getting um, better and like just having that depth in every program is a really cool thing to see. Um, I just think it's so hard to describe, but yeah, I guess it would just be like you get to try out for your high school team. We have like a, a varsity and a JV team. Um, and same with the boys. Um, and then like every kind of team and you take school buses to each of the games. Like you play, I want to say like 30 games a season. So, but yeah, you just get to practice. Our rink, Braemar, Braemar rink is also a pretty cool, like, rink to be growing up. It's very similar, um, to Dartmouth, uh, kind of. It's all green. Um, but yeah, I, I was very blessed. We got brand new locker rooms, like, the year before, um, I went to, and the locker rooms are so cool. Um, we have, like, a great fan base, like, for the school, too. Like, we would go to the state tournament, like, our school would let, like take buses from the school to the rink so they could watch us which is also really cool and then like during the off season you get to play with like the best of the best of all the um minnesota teams so it's like all the the girls that are going to like d1 level so you're all together as well and you're just as good as any like kind of prep school team you like would be so it's it's just really cool to see like how many like I guess, like, so many Minnesota families are hockey families, just like mine, and so it's just really cool to see and be a part of that. Um, yeah. Why does everyone hate a Dino? <laughs> um, I never – I guess I can really speak because I'm from Edina, so I guess I'm a little biased, but I think it's just because we're pretty good at, like, almost every sport. Um, That's a so. reason. I, I respect that because yeah. I'm a Patriots fan, and everyone hates the Patriots because they won all the time, so I respect that, so – even yeah. though I'm not from Minnesota, I'll, I'm a honorary Adina hockey fan. That's going to be my team. <laughs> okay, sounds good. But uh, I'm curious also about the like how it how how Adina helped prepare you for college hockey because I was doing research on the team that you played for, and there was one year where you had Mallory Uline who plays for Penn State, uh, Hannah Chorsky who plays for Harvard, uh, Annie Keel who plays for Princeton. And that's just to name a few players who are on the same roster. So what's it like playing with those players and how does it help prepare you for college hockey? Cause I feel like getting to play with D1 players just on the same team in practice must really help make the transition easier from high school to college. Yeah, no, it, it definitely does. Um, and even like growing up, I got to watch like Taylor Williamson and those girls. So like to be able to have role models, like, doing the same thing you want to do is awesome. Um, my, obviously my older sister, um, but then playing, like being a part of it, like even my freshman year, I got to play with Anna Klein as well and Emily Odin. So like I, I played with great hockey players. Um, so that's like something I've like definitely like it's developed me so much as a player, just like, yeah, day in and day out of practices and just like on and off the ice. Like they're such great people. Um, so it's also that. And then, like, develop, developing friendships with them and seeing where they go is also such a cool thing um, to see. 
but yeah, I, I think it's definitely like always really nice to be playing with like great girls and like having chemistry with them and like doing really well. And I think it's also great for our program and then also just like develop like such great hockey players are those role models for the girls on the team as well that like look up to you and even though they may not be as good as you and aren't going to the D1 level they love hockey every day and they come and they work just as hard as you so I think it's just it's such a great dynamic to have such great hockey players as well as hard workers on a team. Do you still talk to some of those players today? I know you play against Hannah and Annie but like you still talk to like players like Mallory Uline that you don't play against them in college? Yeah, no, Mallory is, like, one of my best friends. Um, we stay in touch. We see each other um, very often. I keep track of her. I watch her games all the time. Um, she's such a great hockey player, and it's she is so fun to watch. So, yeah, I still um, – not so much the older girls, but I do still keep, like, kind of watch and see what they're doing. Um, so, yeah. Is it a cool game to play against uh, one of your former teammates um, in college? Is yeah. it weird but cool, I feel like? Yeah, it's always fun. We always joke around. Um, I played on a summer team as well with, like, Izzy Daniel and Lily Delianidis and, like, Sam Burke. Like, there's a bunch of girls in the Ivy League that I play against, so it's always fun to joke around with them um, and play them. I always love seeing them and seeing where they're at um, and how they're doing. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's always fun um, to see a familiar face on the ice. Now, talk about your recruitment process to Dartmouth. What made you want to go to the East Coast and – uh, what made Dartmouth the school for you versus other ones you might have looked at? Yeah, um, I know the recruitment process is much different now. Um, but back when I was being recruited, we had a different coach. So the person, like the main, so Schuler was the head coach, but Chris Cobb was the assistant um, who was kind of communicating with me um, through Dartmouth. And I loved him. He He's a great guy. Um, I actually shot with him. He has a goalie camp. Like I was helping out with him this summer, like, I love working with him. He's a, such a great guy, and he loves what he does. Um, but, yeah, so I committed, I they say it was late for my grade. I guess I committed before my junior year, um, and I really didn't know what I wanted. Um, it's crazy how some girls committed before that because I was, like, still so, like, I need to pass my classes in high school. Um, but I knew I wanted to be on the East Coast. My brother was playing um he was going to be playing for Harvard. So I always thought that was really cool. And my, I have some family that lives in Boston. Um, so I kind of wanted to get kind of far away. Um, my sister played in the WCHA and I always played with her and it was always nice to have a role model, but I kind of wanted to do something different. Um, so I definitely liked the East coast and Chris Cobb, he was just a great guy. And he just, I love Dartmouth through his eyes. Like he, was such a great person to describe Dartmouth as a school and it was everything but more when I got here. So that was awesome. So I think I had like some other opportunities, but I think Dartmouth was kind of just like the way they recruited me. They loved me as a hockey player. So it was definitely something I was like really like I was respected at like as a hockey player and I loved that. So it was definitely a reason why I chose the school. Um, and I wouldn't, change it for the world. I love, I know we haven't had the greatest season since I've been here, but just also as a school in general is amazing. I've met so many great people. Um, here it's like such a high competitive level for hockey and school and pretty much anything you do. It always keeps you on your toes. So that's always nice. It sets you up for, to be very successful. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you, how do you balance academics and hockey? Because it's hard to balance academics for myself but 
especially in Ivy League school, the workload is much tougher. I'm curious how you like how you how you go about balancing both the aspects of your life at as, as, at school, but also you feel like you also have to balance the student life part as well because I feel like you just don't want to be like studying and playing hockey. I feel like that gets like that's not good mentally. I feel like at times. Yeah, no, it's definitely really hard. Um, our, we are on a quarter system as well here, so the terms go by, like, super fast. So you're always constantly doing work. But here at Dartmouth, it's interesting. The library is a very social space, not only, like, you study, but you can also, like, have a social time with your friends as well. Like, there's different spots to study. There's, like, quiet areas and then not-so-quiet areas, and they have like a cafe where you can get Starbucks in the library. So it's very prone to studying and being successful, which is nice. Um, and then there's so many different like clubs and opportunities outside of hockey that you can be a part of um, as well. So that's always nice. I've met like so many other like sports players, like especially women, like it's nice. Um, and then also like um, player, like non like sports players as well. Like I've developed great relationships i'm a biology major so i have like a couple like friends in like stem classes which is always nice to have familiar faces in classes um the classes are very small so you have a very good developing relationship with your professor which is always really nice you can ask questions um and get answers and like build a really cool relationship with like a very educated person um so that's always great too but yeah it's definitely hard um to do especially like now our term is starting tomorrow, actually, and we're missing the first couple of days of class. So it's always hard um, in the middle of the season to miss classes um, and catch up on that. So but being a senior, like I've kind of found some like tricks and stuff um, to stay on top of things and such. Dang, I don't know if I could do that, like have school start tomorrow because I'm still in winter break for another couple of weeks. So that's I don't that's t- I, that's tough. I can't I don't know if I can do that, but that's why. Those people that go to Ivy League schools, like, it's like a different, different, different game, I guess. Yeah, uh, we, like, since we've been on break since um, Thanksgiving. So we've, like, we kind of. Oh, have to okay. Talk. All right. But yeah, no, it's, it's, I still am not ready to go back, but yeah. I understand. All right. So that's, so for, for at least for my school, it's like December 15th, like the last day of finals. And then, like, you're on break until, like, middle of January. And then basically the semester ends, like, in May. Yeah, ours is like a little different. We have 10 week quarters. So we do Thanksgiving and then our winter quarter goes to spring break. And then we have, we end in like early June. So we go pretty late too. Okay. Okay. That's definitely, I've never heard, is that what all Ivy League schools do or just Dartmouth? No, it's actually only Dartmouth. And then there's some California schools that do it. It's, they haven't changed it. It's pretty hard to change because they have like so many things to do. So I I like it and don't like it at the same time. Now, getting back to on the ice, I'm curious, what was, like, the biggest adjustment you had to make um, in hockey? Was it the speed of the game, physicality, just the decision-making? Like, uh, what stood out to you the most, and how did you adjust to it? Um, I think it was, like, everything. Um, Just, like, I'm, also, like, as I said before, I'm kind of small, uh, short. So, definitely, like, having to be stronger on your skates. Um, Everything has to be made faster and quicker. You have to do everything way faster than you did in high school. Um, you, each team is going to know what, like in high school, teams didn't like scout you and watch video on your team. So like everyone knows like what you're going to do on the power play and all that. So you have to develop in like throughout the season and then like adjust in games. So I think it's like a combination of everything and it's hard kind of until you get into that first game to kind of like understand um, the difference really. 
Yeah, absolutely. And talking about the second half of the season, what are your team's goals and expectations? I assume it's probably to make the playoffs, but is there any other goals that your team has that you want to accomplish uh, for the rest of this year? Yeah, um, well, we are like very good first period team and our second period kind of we noticed that it was kind of lagging. We'd get scored on too many times so we definitely started to focus on each period at a time and being there for all 20 minutes of each period so we kind of take it like one step at a time and our coaches always like to say when we're on the road like this is a business trip like we came here to play hockey and we came here to win so focusing on that and like our goals like throughout each shift you have is really important and like the little things uh, we like really stress like dumping it in, getting it deep, um, moving the puck faster, um, being positive on the bench, like cheering your teammates on, just like all the little things that always like carry a team just a little bit more. And I think it would give us those wins in our like one point losses. So. So now we're in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment where I get to know you and your team a little bit better off the ice. Uh, so first one is obviously you're coming from Minnesota to the East Coast. What's the biggest difference between the East Coast and the Midwest? Um, it's actually way warmer here. <laughs> um, oh, really? When I was over at um in Minnesota for break, it was negative 15, 10, and I got here and it was like 30. It's been like 45 here in Hanover, so it's it's way nicer, but it's also way like bipolar the seasons like it's like oh, yeah. today and then tomorrow will probably be a snowstorm um so that's definitely adjustment um just like season wise and but I think just like being in Hanover like and having such a great like fan base here I think I didn't even really need to adjust to that because we had such a great one in Minnesota so it's really nice to have those people um surrounding you and cheering you on um it's always nice yeah, I feel like in Minnesota, it's, like, super colder, but at least here the wind is worse. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing that about the East Coast is just the wind. It it bothers me so much. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. Yes. <laughs> Getting back to my next non-hockey question, what is your biggest pet peeve? Ooh. My biggest pet peeve? Um, people, my friends are always late when it comes like not anything like important but just like little things like dinner reservations or like when you have a time to like pick them up and they're not ready so it's like I'm always very like on time if not like 10 minutes ready like 10 minutes before I have to do anything so I always get a little annoyed when people are just a little bit late (laughs) yeah my thing is like driving is like sometimes it takes a while because you get stuck in traffic so that's why that's I usually need to time that out better. So usually if I'm running late, it's because I didn't time out the uh, commute as good as I should have. Yeah, I time out everything I do. So now, what music do you like to listen to? Oh, this is a hard question because um, my top listener of the year is Coplay. I love Coplay. Um, I went to their concert like three years ago, and it was crazy. Um, like, when I'm walking to any class or, like, anywhere I'm going, I always just turn on, like, Coplay Essentials. Um, but before hockey games, I kind of have a playlist, like, more, like, EDM music. Um, and then we have, like, a, a mix we play um, before the game. So definitely a change of before, like, hockey games. I like to listen to more upbeat music. 
like also like old time music like Rihanna and her like older music or like Britney Spears I was like yeah I feel like Coldplay gets too much hate then for some reason I don't know why because I feel like a lot of people like them but then there's yeah. like always those people that don't I don't get that yeah it's 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 more on like the calmer sadder side of music which I I always like um so I guess maybe that's why um people don't like it as much but I don't know. There's this song called A Sky Full of Stars, and that's a pretty pretty uplifting song. Yeah, it is. I agree. I saw the concert videos of when they played that. It looks pretty cool. I don't know if they if you got the chance to see that live uh, when you saw them. Yeah, they, they gave us all, like, individual bracelets, um, and then they got they controlled it, and so the lights would change, and so, like, the whole stadium oh, was cool. changing. Yeah, it was really cool. Now, next non-hockey question is, uh, what is your most embarrassing hockey moment? Hmm, that's fun. That's interesting. I was thinking about this. And um, so I think I was probably like six or seven and I was playing with boys. Um, and it was funny. The boys were always scared of me. I, I was kind of like a crazy child um, and I got my first ever penalty and I refused to go in the penalty box. I was like screaming, crying on the ice. And my dad was at the game, and he had to come out, out of the stands and get on the ice and drag me into the penalty box <laughs> <laughs> because I was kicking and screaming at the ref who was, like, trying to pull me into the box. Um, so my parents always love to share that story with, like, family. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely something I'm embarrassed of, but I also find it pretty funny. Yeah, that's pretty funny. As long as you're not doing it, like, in college, which would be, yeah. that, would, that would be actually very, very embarrassing. Yes, definitely. Now, who is the funniest teammate you have at Dartmouth? Hmm. Um, I would probably have to say, so there's two really funny girls on our team. One's, like, more quiet, so when she does say something funny, it always cracks everyone up. And that's Sophie Robinson. She she played in at Brainerd in Minnesota, actually. Um, and then the other ones, she's louder and she loves making jokes. It's always, it's, they're always hilarious. Um, and that's Abby Grexton. Um, she's from Canada. Um, but yeah, I think everyone, there's always like some rogue funny comments always made, um, around the locker room, which is always funny. Um, but yeah. Which teammate is the worst at responding to their phone? Mm-hmm. Um, probably. Sophie Robinson. <laughs> and then I saw that Dartmouth does like the pregame outfits before each game. And to be honest, you see, I think you have the best style on the team. But besides yourself, uh, who has the best style on Dartmouth women's hockey? Um, I think for pregame style, I would go with Meredith Jensen. She also played in Minnesota. Um, but I would say hockey style, I would go with uh, Laura Floco. We call her Flo. Um. She wears her hair down, and she's the only girl I ever would think it's cool to wear her hair down. Um, so That's awesome. And then if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Um, that's a really hard question <laughs> because I, I have, like, a lot of people I would want to have lunch with. But I think I'd want to have lunch with um, – Hockey player, I would probably say Pavel Dasuk, and I would just, like, ask him all the hockey questions in the world. Um, Non-hockey player, I would probably have to go, um, this is kind of cliche, but Justin Bieber. I have a lot of questions for him. (laughs) 
Were you a big Justin Bieber fan growing up? Yeah, I loved Justin Bieber growing up, and I always thought him and Selena Gomez were meant to be. <laughs> so, but, yeah. No, I listen to some of his old-time music, definitely not with people around because it's a little embarrassing for me, but, like, I do love the one time. Like, I hated that song growing up, but now listening to him, I'm like, this yeah. was a good song. I just didn't want to admit it when I was a kid. Yeah, I think that's a lot of people. Um, I always listen to him before games because I think it's, it's – it's funny to watch, to listen to. Um, yeah, no, I think, do you think, uh, I, I don't know if your team has a victory song, but do you think Eeny Meeny by him would be a good one for your team to have? Because I would, I would love to see that video. That would be funny. Um, we do have a, a win song. Um, it's actually by Queen. Um, I have to find it. Don't Stop Me Now. Mm-hmm. So we, we haven't played as much as we like, so we're hoping to play it as a bunch in the second half, but it's a good song. Um, and then last round hockey question is, what is the most interesting thing you've seen or read this week? Um, I can't pinpoint exactly what it said, but this morning, so my brother got me into reading the Daily Stoic. So it's these, it's each day, it's like a quote from like a Stoic um, long ago. Um, and then it kind of is like a description of what it means. And it's like very relevant to each day, <clears throat> which I find really interesting. Like you're having a really bad day and you read it and it's exactly like what you needed to read. Um, so it's like kind of just like this passage each day. It's like less than a page long. So it's really easy to read in the morning. So I got into reading that. Um, I need to read it more often. I kind of forget sometimes. But yeah, it's definitely something I would think anyone, if they read it, would be interesting for them. Yeah, I think for me, just like weather i know this is kind of boring but like i it's interesting to see like how weather gets formed and like different that i thought that was cool and then hockey i read a story about jason robertson he's a player for the dallas stars about like how he like grew up and i thought that was pretty interesting because he was like born in california then went to michigan and then played juniors and i don't know it's just a pretty interesting story now he's obviously doing very well for himself in the nhl yeah that's always cool i I follow, like, NHL on Instagram and Twitter, and I always love reading, like, updates on the NHL since I don't keep up with it, like, all that often. Now, getting back to some hockey questions now, first one is for all the younger people that are listening <laughs> to this pod, uh, what advice would you give them on what it takes to get to the level to where you are today? Yeah, um, I think there's, like, a lot of, like, little things, obviously, but I think, like, the number one thing is, like, to never give up and, like, it seems like very cliche and like people say it all the time but I think it's like a huge thing especially like being a younger player like there's those days that you never you don't want to go play hockey and you throw a tantrum to your parents and you're like I don't want to go and just like sometimes you're getting frustrated like you're not performing as well or you're not getting like looks from colleges when you're all your friends are or something like that because growing up I wouldn't say I was as much as the people around me so I think it's something to really like focus like every day just to do the little things like always do things some people won't won't do or like won't like just to put yourself above like people each day I think is really important um and I think don't lose sight of like why you love the game I think some people sometimes do like lose sight of like you're playing like me I'm playing at a d1 level and sometimes I lose sight of like how cool and surreal that is for people that like don't get there so I think just like every day like you love this sport and you this is why you're still playing like and it will get you to where you want to go and what should be done to help grow women's hockey in your opinion 
Um, I think just like in general support and I think regardless of like how like I know a lot of people feel about women's hockey, like it's just as important as men's hockey and like maybe we don't have as much support as the men do, but I think in order to grow and get that support, like people have to start supporting us and start realizing that it is growing and it's going to be huge one day. Um, so I just think supporting like people that you can, like if you're like a dad with daughters supporting their like them going to hockey every day or like your friends playing hockey, like just supporting like the little things like each day, I guess. Now, do you have any shout outs you want to give to any of your teammates, former teammates, family members, friends, or if you want to say anything, uh, the floor is all yours. Um, yeah, I guess just like in general, like, um, I'm always thankful for my family that I grew up with, my dad and mom included, um, driving me to all of my hockey, coming to support me out here. My grandparents are coming out here soon. My cousin is and aunt and uncle are always very supportive. So just, yeah, thanks to my family, really, um, for getting me here and supporting me and watching me. Well, thank you so much, Cece, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. It means a lot to myself. Uh, good luck uh, for the rest of the season. I know you're going to do great, and I can't wait to see all the big things that you accomplish. And also, best of luck uh, for your semester starting tomorrow. That's uh, weird for me saying that this early in January, but I understand you guys do the little things a little bit differently at Dartmouth. But thanks again, though, for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. One step forward and another back. I would never try to fool ya I'm one heartbeat away from going mad Girl, when you're looking like that Closer, closer I'ma get closer to you, yeah Got me, baby Got me hooked on you once again Girl